0: Greetings, greetings, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Live Courageously, podcast show number eight of 2022. I created this podcast show to share the stories of some amazing, courageous friends I'm honored to have in my life. And uh, I chose the title of Live Courageously because that's been the conscious theme of my life for the last two years since the beginning of the pandemic, and probably an unconscious theme for most of my life. If you haven't seen the previous seven podcasts, you can watch them on my Live Courageously YouTube channel or at Duff Square Film on Rumble. And I recommend you check them out and binge watch them to get a real amazing dose of courage from some uh, very courageous folks. So uh, these are very uh, challenging and dangerous times we live in and a natural reaction is fear. But fear is just that, a reaction. And uh, courage in in, uh, contrast is a choice. And it's because of the reality that we're in, you need to make a conscious choice to choose courage, to get through life and get through what may be coming in the future. On earlier shows, I talked about the six types of courage. Um, I'm just going to repeat that again, because I think it just kind of stands out. And it's important to kind of realize the different types of courage. Some some are big and some are small. Uh, There's physical courage, there's social courage, there's moral courage, there's emotional courage. Is intellectual courage, and the spiritual courage. And sometimes we uh, are, are dealing with all of those at the same time, and some sometimes we're not. But um, I encourage you to adopt the spirit of courage in the face of any and all fears that you have in your life. So let me introduce you today to my guest, a friend, Tim Abel. Tim is an actor, a host, and a producer living in Los Angeles. He is an avid outdoorsman, Tim hosted Dorsey Pictures' outstanding television series, Grateful Nation, which we'll be talking about for 10 seasons, honoring our returned wounded veterans on the Outdoor Channel. As an actor, he starred as a former U.S. Marine scout sniper, Benny Ray Riddle, in a producer Jerry Bruckheimer's TV series, Soldiers of Fortune, Inc., and many other film and TV projects, such as We Were Soldiers, NCIS. CSI New York, CSI Miami, Sons of Anarchy, and 100 f- uh, more projects that he's been involved in. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well today. He was also the 2012 chairman of the board of the nonprofit Gallant Few organization, an amazing organization doing great work. Um, and he continues to serve on this board for over 10 years, helping our returning veterans re enter and, and readapt into civilian life. Tim is proud to have served as a U.S. Army Ranger with the 275 Ranger Battalion and the 3rd U.S. Infantry Regiment, the Old Guard, uh, Kaysen Platoon. Tim was honored to be inducted into 2014 as a distinguished member of the 3rd U.S. Infantry Regiment, D. Moore, and Tim is a lifetime member of the U.S. Army Ranger Association, uh, and sua sponte, as he says. So let's welcome Uh, Tim to the show greetings brother uh thank you for joining me and thank you for coming on man thanks for having me on John really do appreciate it well what i like to start out this show um and I think you may have even checked it I like to ask how we met because all the people so far that I'm going to be going and interviewing on the show are people that I've met in my life and had experiences with so we'll start with how we met if you remember or I'll I'll, (laughs) you and uh then secondly, I'm going to ask you how you know what does live courageously mean to you in your life. How do you take that? Well, let's start with how we met and, and
1: some of the uh, uh, things we experienced together. Well, I know we we did do that uh, the flag project, and I know we met before that. Uh, you're going to have to refresh my memory because I, I go way back to like when did John and I meet? <laughs> I'm because I can't re- I can't remember when we met.
0: You know, I I, I have the same uh, thing. Uh, Uh, Tim, but I think it was the flag project, but I, I I would not bet money on it, but I know, you know, so I ended up directing um, two short films. Yeah. One was a fictional piece and one was a documentary um, educational piece for a army veteran friend of ours, Dave Alspach, And it was his project. I ended up stepping up and directing it. And you were one of the people that I interviewed about what the flag meant to you. And I think that's when we first met, but I won't, like I said, I'm not going to bet on it. It might've been before that.
1: Yeah. I remember the flag very well. And, and I just, uh, I was trying to think, did we meet prior to that? And I, I don't know. I and think so, that's, that's when we really talked. That's when we met. And that's really, I believe when we formed a relationship
0: and a yes. friendship
1: and, and um, I was just always so impressed with you that. and what you've done for our veterans and for other people that are interested in, what you do as a line producer, and you, you're always giving your knowledge and sharing your experiences and how people could do what you're doing, and especially those guys and girls that are tra- were transitioning from the from the services to um, to a life in Hollywood. So I've always been inspired by you because you've always been that person who kind of lived outside the box and and wanted to do more than just help yourself. You wanted to help others, and so I've always been inspired by that.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I thank you. Thank you, Tim, for those kind words, man. You know, I think that's why I, you know, it's amazing the amount of great people I've met in my life, and you're one of those. And it's because of, you know, when we, and I think you know this well, and we're going to talk about your your amount of service. But I think when in just general in life, when we step outside ourselves and we realize that we can serve others, it leads to better connections and better a better experience of life. When, when it's not just about us, but it's about how can we serve, how can we help, and you you exemplify that in in all the different aspects of a grateful nation, gallant few, and being that person who's willing to serve, and that's why I think I connected so hard with you as well because that's who
1: you are. I I you know I, I told you uh, prior just prior to the show here that I listened to a few of your episodes and Eileen Gruba, who I've known for a few years, and I I don't say we're like Buddies, uh, we're acquaintances. We I, I admire her work and uh I've always admired her courage. And I thought she was a perfect first guest for you uh when she was talking about living courageously and and her her life and what she's got, what she's gone through and how she's continued to push forward and getting back to that theme of it wasn't just about her, but she wanted to inspire other people and helping those kids as she talked about when she was helping children and loving them for who they were, not for what. You know, for the perfection that Hollywood has and and ha- puts out there, where people feel that they have to be absolutely gorgeous and perfect and slim and handsome and all those things, and she sort of exemplifies. No, you know, I can do what I want. No one's going to tell me I can't do what I want. And I'm going to encourage those who have maybe issues similar to me. I'm going to encourage them to do the same. And I just found her just so refreshing. Her point of view about you know, uh, not getting an agent and that agent telling her she'll never work. And then she got a bigger agent and then started working. And it's like, you know, it's it, that, that belief in yourself starts with. How people perceive you and, and how you perceive yourself. And so her Eileen's perspective on, you know, loving people for who they are and accepting them for who they are and not telling them that they can't do things. You know what the world is can be your oyster, whatever it might be. And, you know, encourage that. And if someone has what it takes and they work hard and they go through the trials and tribulations and what it takes to 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 ascend in the ranks of whether as an actor or in the military, whatever it might be. God bless you. Go for it. And, you know, but other people are so cruel that, uh, you know, not just in this industry, but people that are that that want to tell you you can't do it john you know you're it's a pipe dream you'll never make you know from where i come from back in in maryland in a blue collar family and whatnot you know it's like me becoming an actor was sort of like that was like that kind of eye roll like what the hell is he thinking (laughs) he's doing how the hell you know and so for me it was sort of like okay i i've got to uh you know suck it up and you know deal with that and my pop you know he's got some issues with me being an actor because he goes well how the hell are you going to be an actor what do you do what do you know about being an actor you were in the army for christ's sake and now you're going to be some actor come on he Uh my 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 pop wanted me to stay in the army he's very pragmatic man my dad said stay in the army get 20 years in then you get another then you get another job and then you get another (laughs) retirement you know and then you'll be good and i'm like uh but pop that's not what i want to do you know i so, anyway, all those I,
0: I, I want to take you on that because I want to take you on the military and then your journey to why you chose to become an actor. And then, the, you know, because when you talk about courage, there's all kinds of courage. So, for you, Tim, you know, what does the idea of living courageously mean to you personally? You know what? Obviously, you exemplified it in the military, but just you also, you know, it's not always big courage. There's also small courages to follow your dream, even though everybody tells you why you're doing that. You're crazy. So talk, talk a little bit about how that came up in your life. How do you live? How did you live
1: courageously throughout your life? Well, yeah, you're right. There's big courage. There's little courage. I mean, listen, dealing with a lot of veterans uh, from the different shows I've done and organizations I've been involved with and seeing men and women who've suffered horrendous wounds and continue on. That's big courage, I man. That is people that are, are just really inspirational to me because of what they've gone through and how they now live their life and as an example for others. And for me, growing up as a kid in Maryland, uh, I... Always knew I wanted to go in the army. My, my grandfather, my at pappy Abel, as we called him, he was in World War One. You know, born in 1900, and would tell us stories about you know when he was a doughboy over in France. And and I just remember that it, it just I loved hearing him tell stories about that and show pictures out of his books and whatnot. And I loved reading. And for me, that dream of wanting to be in the army when I became of age to join was something that um, you know. My father was for it. My father was, you know, when I told my dad I wanted to do, join the army, he was like all for it. You know like Great. Uh, my brother, on the other hand, my brother was like, you know, you dumb shit. What do you want to do that for? You know, come on. <laughs> we're we're going to work together and we're going to, you know, do all these things. And I'm like, but that's not what I want to do. I want to I want to go off and see the world. I want to I want to uh, my, my point was this with my grandfather having served in the military. I thought it was my job because my dad didn't serve in the military. My brother wasn't going to serve. And I said, you know what? It's incumbent upon me to secure my family, the able families, you know, legacy here. You know, it was my little patriotic dream of, you know, fighting for my country or at least putting my life out there in, in a way that I could say, you know what, we, uh, I put my life out there. I joined the military for my family so that we could live free, and that was just my my small little contribution to to. To uh, uh, to our country and to my family.
0: And so, I remember, I remember when I interviewed you on the flag. You know, you talked about that history of your family's uh, contribution uh, t- throughout generations in the military. That was one of the things you talked about when when you talked about what the flag meant to you.
1: Yes, and that's it's. You know, things change. I mean, everything with um, Jason Cisneros, and you guys talked about this about the 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 culture of. You know, you you can't talk politics. You can't have a differing of opinion without being canceled or without you know people coming down on you. It's it's the flag to me, the American flag, the U.S. flag, is very important. But that said, my in my family, my great great grandfather to both of them, and so I have great great grandfather William Grandison Abel, my one of my grandfathers, his grandfathers, and then. My great-great-grandfather on the other side fought for, uh, he fought for the, the the North and one fought for the South. So I had pride in, in my family just in terms of, you know, not that I, you know, I'm out there waving a Confederate flag, but I go, you know what? This was, these were two patriots who thought they were fighting for the right thing. You know, the right conclusion, I believe, was met. You know what? The, the union was preserved. And everybody was brought back into the union. And for me, it's like I'm proud of that. I'm proud of both sides for what they for fighting for what they believed in. You know, they, my my grandfather on the northern side was was a poor sharecropper, as was my grandfather on the southern side was a poor sharecropper. Nobody owned slaves. Nobody was you know rich or powerful. They were just like myself, blue collar person who, when it came to their their government saying that we needed you to fight then they fought.
0: And when you did join, when you made decided, like you just mentioned, when you decided you wanted to, you know, make your contribution and you joined the army, you also didn't just, you kind of went into a special um, uh, uh, division with the Rangers. So you just didn't go into the army. Um, And so that's uh, not an easy group to be in. It Obviously it's an elite um, development. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, I'd read a book prior to joining the military based on the John Wayne movie, the green berets. And I wanted to be, a, I wanted to be a go in special forces. Right. Uh, Robin Moore wrote this book and it was a great book. I saw the movie. And, um, uh, uh, for me, it was like when I went to my hometown recruiter who was in the cafeteria, I said, I want to be a, I want to be a green beret. I want to be special forces And there. And right away, the recruiter goes, why the hell do you want to do that? <laughs> you know, come on, come on in, and we'll talk about the different jobs you can do. So, I mean, he, he tried everything truck driver, computer technician, aircraft mechanic, all these things. And he goes, and I go, nah, I go, you know what? I go, if I join the army, I want to do something that I can only do in the army. And I want to do something where I'm actually, you know, having to test myself as a young man to, uh, and to, to be able to fight for my country in a way that uh, I wouldn't be able to otherwise. I mean, I, c- I can go to college, I can go to university of Maryland and get all those other jobs and maybe learn those other skills outside of the military, but I can only do this in the military. And so they shook their head and basically said, okay. And they, they couldn't get me a slot in the special forces because they were, they were sort of uh, filled up at the time. So he goes, I do have this thing called Rangers and there's a new Ranger battalion called the second the 75th Ranger battalion out of Fort Lewis, Washington. Uh, I can get you that. I'll give you what they call it, a, a ranger option on my contract. And so uh, I read the brochure and I went, you know, all the different things, you know, sleep, going for, you know, five days with no sleep, no food and, you know, swimming and scuba diving and rafting and climbing and jumping out of airplanes and testing yourself until exhausted. I thought, that's what I want to do. You know? huh. And he goes, well, you know, if, uh, you know, if you don't make it, they could do whatever they want with you. You you could be, you could become a cook, and I go, well, that'll be a motivation for me not to fail, then, won't it? So, yeah, well, you know what? So it's like every young man. I thought, you know, every young man, I I believe, wants to know what they're made of, what what that metal is. You know, What, what what do we have, and and what do I have to offer? And if I if I can't make it, fine, you know, and then I get I get put someplace wherever, and I'll make the best of that. But it was for me, it was there was no quit. I said, you know what quitting is not an option, you know? So, so you just go in a hundred percent and it's kind of what I've taken from the military and put into my life now is, you know, there is no quit. You know, it's like being an actor. It's like, you know, I'm going to be an actor. So it's not, not about, well, what if I don't, you know, we always have contingency plans. You know, we always have those plans for failure in the military. Or in life, you know, as I say, well, what if you don't succeed in the military? This, this, what if you don't succeed in this particular mission? You know, what's your contingency? And we do have a contingency plan. But I found that in, in in the world of entertainment and acting in this this environment that we've chosen, John, is that when you have a contingency, most people will fall back to that contingency and do that. You know, I've had so many friends who've had teaching credentials and they've fall fallen back to becoming a teacher. Next thing you know. That's what they do for forever. They're a teacher now, you know. People, people have a job, you know, computer science, and they fall back and start doing that. And next thing you know, that's what they're doing because why? Because they're making money, and they don't want to give up making money. Being an actor and working in the entertainment, whether it's acting, directing, producing, writing, all those things, it's you got to be out there hustling. You got to hustle for gigs. You got to find work. You got to have, you know, you got to have an agent who's trying to get your work. But you also have to have up here the, I'm not quitting. I'm not falling back. I don't have a contingency plan. And I mean, listen, my wife, Georgia, she's, she's been like, why don't you, But well, this was years ago. She, she goes, why don't you take a real estate course like me and be, be, you know, be a broker? I mean, just to have that to fall back. And I'm like, going, oh, you know, I have no desire or passion to do that. I, I don't. And I, I remember I had all the books. I'm there. Okay, I can take the test. And I went, but I just. This is not my heart is not in this. I can't do it.
0: Now, do you think, uh, Tim, that um, Well, two things? One one is when you started out because you had no contingency plan or at least you didn't give into any contingency plan. um, That's why you succeeded as, as well as you have. And, you know, the fact that that it is your passion and you know, it's your passion and, you know, all these other things are okay it's not your passion you know it it doesn't drive you every day like this does is that is that why you think you've succeeded and you and you have you've done i don't know how many 100 uh projects 115 projects you've been in i don't know but there's a a few a lot
1: it's yes I, i listen have have i had other jobs yes when i first came out to la i mean i worked I, I bartended at a, at a place called Le Cafe for like four years, slinging drinks, and I loved it. It was great. And I, I listen, I go back to any job you have, do it to the best of your ability, right? I think there was a there was a book I read back in back in college, uh, um, the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, and it oh, was yeah. that any job that. you do is worth doing to the best of your ability. And so mm-hmm. when I bartended, I was a happy bartender, and my pals, my pal John, who I love dearly, we're still pals. I mean. He was like, it was like good bartender, bad bartender, because John was a drummer and John hated being there. He wanted to be off doing some gigs someplace, playing around the country someplace with his band. And he was just like, Tim, could you take care of these people? I just I'm just I'm just I'm tired of this this damn job. Right. And so I would go and be the happy guy, you know, and people go, why are you so happy? And I go, (laughs) you know what? Because I choose to be, you know, here I am. I could choose to be. Angry and upset and not happy about being here. But I guess what? I'm making money. I'm making tips. I'm making friends. I'm introducing you to that person. Now you guys become friends. I go, you know what? At this moment, I love my job. And I've done that with not just that, but, you know, when I built sets. I built sets. Uh, um, friend of mine, Bobby Knott had got me a job uh, with this company because, you know, again, trying to get between gigs and not not doing a lot of work. This all before Soldier Fortune gig came up. But you know, he goes, "Hey, you know, sling a hammer. I can you build stuff." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "I can get you a job over here at the set shop, you know, in Burbank." And so went over there and worked with these guys. Uh, you know, working eight, twelve hours a day, slinging, building, you know, measuring and cutting, and you know, installing sets on places. You know, but it was good money, and it filled that void and made me money at the time. And so I mean, I, I was never—I've never been opposed to having a job to make money. It's just that I didn't want to, like become a broker in real estate because my passion wasn't there as a, as a job. Uh, I, it's always like it was a short term until another acting gig came up. And then when I got soldier of fortune, that was sort of like the, um, the big lottery ticket item that all of a sudden came up and it was sort of like, how the hell did that just happen? You know, I just got, I just got lucky and I had a, I had a great manager at the time, Danielle Dell uh, who, who believed in me and she was able to make, Make the deal happen, you know, with my performance and the audition. But, you know, again, those you said before, you know, we, we don't have success without the help of others. I mean, it's never it's never just the lone wolf McQuaid, which is me. I'm doing everything and no one's helping me and I I succeed. It's we have a team of people. We have friends. We have uh, partners in our life. We have those people that believe in us, that help us. And that, you know, because I've gone through periods of time where it's been very difficult. You know, and you go, damn, did I choose the right, the right, <laughs> the right profession? Did, you know, I mean, this is like where you were that close to quitting. Did you ever get to that point? I've never been close to quitting. I've just had that moment of, am I not that, am I not good? But then I go, no, I know I'm good. I know I've right. got, I know I can bring things to the, you know what it's, that, those are, that's what, that's what gets me It's like, well, I just, you know. That's just a matter of uh, there's a law until someone comes along and sees me either sees me in something and wants to to hire me or I read for them and they go, man, this guy was great. You know, it's and it's when you when you're when you're when you love something so much. The satisfaction I get. From. Being in a film or on stage, whatever, when in those moments it's it just kind of it's so gratifying and it feels good and you know I, I i also say i want to be able to set an example as we said in the in the, in the rangers you know you always you know setting the example for others to follow and if i can do that as a mentor or as as an actor that uh, some young person who just got out of the military uh might go my god let that that guy, he's a good actor, and he does great. And I I want to I want to emulate that. I want to be like that. He's given me the, the 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 courage to be able to pursue that, because you know I, I had no idea how I was going to be an actor when I thought I, when I said I'm going to be an actor. I'm back in I'm back in Washington D.C. and uh, taking classes, doing plays, and uh, studying at the Studio Theater in D.C. and and it was sort of like I don't know how this is going to work but i just know i really really like this you know and i was at the university of maryland at the same time and doing plays there and then i was just sort of i had not told my pop you know that um that that i wanted to be an actor he thought i was doing something else like going to get a business degree or go back in the military and when i finally said you know dad i think i'm going to be an actor And that's when he was just like what in the hell are you thinking how do you make money doing that? And then they were sort of like, well, I don't know yet, Pop. I'm trying to figure that out.
0: Well, you know, I kind of went on a similar journey, uh, Tim. Obviously, i have uh, a poor blue collar, you know, working class kid from the Bronx. And, and, you know, I've worked, I don't know, 40 different jobs of every type. And um, and then I got into acting and I pursued that. That took me to Hollywood the same way. and And then, you know, eventually decided it was behind the camera where I belong. But with all those jobs, I realized that, You know what I do now, I say, you know, last movie I was up in Canada with Kevin Sorbo. We did a movie up there line produced. And and I'm not kidding, but I don't feel like I work a day. It it isn't work. I I worked in factories, I've done hard labor. I've drove cabs. I know what hard labor is, you know. (laughs) And when people complain about doing what we do, I I I just it it just makes me, it baffles me. I'm like, are you serious? How can you I, complain about this? I, well, we're listen, we've so been they, so
1: blessed to do what we get oh, to do, whether it's in vi- front
0: of the camera or behind the camera.
1: Exactly. No, I, I feel that too. And uh, I, you, on one of your podcasts, you guys were talking about, you know, a lot of folks who like the, and that doesn't matter what it is, but they, they play that victim card, you know? Yeah. And I know in the, in, the, in the acting world, it's always,
0: oh yeah, well, his
1: dad's a damn director. That's why it's nepotism, you know? And, oh, and, <laughs> you know, and. He'd, uh, you know it's like all these things it's like and, and there's a lot of haters too it's like sure listen, i've had friends that i've cut loose because that i re- when i got the soldier of fortune tv series and it was huge for me i was like a a big 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 wow it was like oh my god and when that happened uh i had a friend and I, i'll say former friend because he at the time was sort of like everything i did it was he kind of like you know one of the you know Kind of, pardon my leg, but shit on, you know? Oh, well, that's that's just a regional commercial. or Oh, that's uh, that's just a, a B movie. Who's going to see that? And I got the series, and he goes, well, that's just a... Uh, okay, it might be Bruckheimer, but it's just a, it's a syndicated series.
0: And I, and I go,
1: and I go, and I go, w- wh- why is it you can't be happy? Why can't you just go, dude, that's awesome. I go, right. well, I'm just trying to, you know... And he's one of those friends who had been in a soap opera for years. And he kind of mentored me a little bit, which I was always grateful for. Sure. But he ended up becoming a teacher because he fell back to that fallback position of being a teacher. And that's what he, I don't even know if that what he's doing now, but I, I, I for the next 10 years, I believe that's what he did. And so sort of like, I think it was his anger at himself that he was sure. projecting on me. Of course. You know, And because he was so upset with himself and his own career. So, you know, I don't, I, I try to take those things personal. I don't want to hold grudges. I don't want to, you know, if I can mend the bridge and I can say, you know, I'm sorry, you know, it it, it was just as much me or whatever, then may I cope, but let's just move on and be friends and not have this, this bad blood between us because I lost a brother. I lost a brother uh, a few years back, my brother, my older brother. And, you know, I always wished that there was things that I had said to him and him and I had rekindled and had a great relationship again like we once had. But, uh, you know, I never had the chance to because um, we, we had some issues. Same with, I mean, listen, there's, as we get older and I try to go, I, well, you know what, living courageously means we might look at that timeline for what we have and go, wow, is 20 years what, do I, what, what can I do in the next 15 to 20 years? You know, I have to sort of step up my game. I can't just sit back and, you know, wait for things to happen. I, was, I know we have to kind of make things happen. And that's where I find living courageously comes because it's like you can be, you know, I'll go, I'll, I'll talk about me, but being about, wow, I want to be doing a series again wow, I'd like to be doing, you know, that project or this project. And, and how do I make those happen? And so it's all, it's, as opposed to being a victim going, you know, I'll never get that. And you know what, I'm, you know, whatever the the reasoning is, I have to look at my life in a way that, you know, get better every day at what I do. As Eileen Gruber said, you know, be the best you possibly can where people can't neglect you or can't not hire you, you know, and listen, that's, that's what I love. I love I've love. i gotten to where I love doing projects. I, I don't care if the so, sometimes um, like the uh, uh, short films or films that don't pay much at all, you know, it's like, I'll do it because it's a great opportunity. My pal, Michael Broderick, who you know. Yeah, great guy. You no, know, he did that. He did the, 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 the Fathers and Sons, the Terminalist story based on Jack Carr's uh, novel, The Terminalist. And uh, Michael asked me to be a part of that. And you know what? I love the fact he was being, he's be, he, he's proactive. He is uh, a person who goes, you know what? I ain't got time to mess around. I, I decided I'm going to produce this star in it. I'm going to get the funding for it and going to make it happen. And that's what we have to do in this, in this business. That's what you do. And Eileen Gruba, you know, I, I see that in, in, as well. And so that inspires me and makes me want to be a better actor and a better human cool. and to, and,
0: to help other people. And you're right. I mean, you know, I, I think that's the thing, the lesson for people I know for myself, you know, when, uh, in 20, when 2020 hit and that, uh, you know, in March and everybody, a lot of people I know retreated away from going out there. And I just, you know, because I come from an event with Jason Cisneros, uh, unstoppable, you know, we had a different mindset and we were like, no, we're not going to retreat. We're going to go forward and we're going to throw ourselves into doing more things and accomplishing more and being the best we can be. And yeah. so the last two years when I know a lot of people who retreated, I probably had two of the best years I've ever had and done more things because i was like no it was a conscious choice in in the face of that risk in the face of that fear i was still going to go ahead because you know i don't know how long the time is i don't we know none of us really know how much long how much time we have but i know i'm you know i'm in the fourth quarter and so we got (laughs) to turn it up man you know it's like basketball basketball every week the fourth quarter if you ain't ahead by then you got to turn it up you know
1: that, so, that you're you're an inspiration because I see all your videos uh, on Instagram of you out there, you know, working out and getting buff and got the big muscles working. I'm like, yeah. oh, man, this that that's that's an inspiration. You know what? That inspires me to want to get out of bed earlier in the morning, get outside, pick up my kettlebell or pick up my dumbbells and do a little something before my before my breakfast. You know, and so you know it. That's that's what life is to me. It's is it, you. Inspiring me, uh, it's Eileen inspiring me. You know, it's it's all those people that in our in our in our sphere that inspire us to be better people. Then we can do the same for others. Exactly, it's all
0: of us inspiring each other in in this sphere, but also inspiring other people that we can reach further and share. You know what we what we've learned and, and how we're stepping up and trying to encourage them to be the best they can be. So yeah. I'm going to pivot a little bit if you don't mind. I want to oh, get. Ahead. You, I'm going to get you to. Um, one of the things you did, which I, you know, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, what it meant to you, because you stepped up to being a host on a great show called A Grateful Nation, with, on Outdoor, um, and that gave you an opportunity to do something new to host the show, but to do some amazing things with Wounded Warriors, and you did it for ten uh, seasons. Ten seasons, yeah, yeah. Right? So, could you tell us a little bit about a how you get into doing that, and then what that meant to you, and some of the highlights of the people that. These wounded warriors that you took on these incredible adventures—talk about courage—and um, you took them on these adventures and how it affected them, but also how it affected you.
1: Oh, that's one of the highlights of my of my life is doing Grateful Nation, and it's it. The way it started was this was back in our, I think around 2007. Uh, I had gotten introduced to Chris Dorsey. Chris Dorsey had a a, a company called uh, uh, Orion Entertainment. It's now called Dorsey Pictures, but I was asked to host a, a show about uh, an actor. It was about a, they were looking for an actor who liked to hunt and shoot, and I said, you know, what? Why me? And so basically, it was because so many actors were afraid of of Hollywood and their agents telling them, "Don't do that. It's about hunting and guns, and it'll kill your career." But living courageously means having. Not hiding that fact that I, you know, I'm a, I'm a conservationist. I, I'm a hunter. I'm a fisherman. I'm an outdoorsman. I believe in, and making things better for our next generation. And hunting for me is is that's what I grew up with. With uh, my first shotgun that my granddad gave me. So when I was asked to do that show, I did it for two seasons, and then it was it segued into a show called Grateful Nation. Now, it segued into Grateful Nation because of a a soldier named Greg Stubbe, a Special Forces soldier. And Greg Stubbe was so inspirational in his his speech that he gave that uh, Chris Dorsey and some of the other folks that were uh, involved in the show said, Hey, what do you think about doing a show where you take veterans on hunts and you tell their story? And so I was I was down for it. So that sounds awesome to me. And so the show became went from being the, called the Federal Experience with Tim Abel to Grateful Nation on the Outdoor Channel. And basically the theme of it was taking veterans who've been wounded in combat, you know, some severely with you know, loss of limbs and eyesights and all kinds of things and telling their story while in the great outdoors on a hunt so we could be in the colorado mountains on an elk hunt and basically then tell the story about who they are what the outdoors means to them how they got what they thought about it after losing their legs or a limb or eyesight or being burned and then getting back to it and being able to realize that they could actually do something that they thought they would never be able to do again so for me the show because was just the most wonderful experience and expression of love to our military because I was able to tell so many stories over those 10 seasons of all of these different veterans from every background and in the field. And some were very emotional. I mean, we've had um, shows where guys have broken down and it's not just the guys, but also our guides when they are able to, when I'm talking to them about these veterans and, you know, watching this guy out there in the field and he's out there with his prosthetic legs and canes and and just pushing through and you know dealing with the pain and it's just so inspirational to the viewers but also to the guide and to myself because we're witnessing it firsthand so that to me was one of the highlights of of what I've done uh in the past you know 15-20 years was was that show because it, it told so many great stories about so many great individuals and their their heroism and, and their their deeds and what they've done to um, you know make make this a better country for us as well. Well, you know one of one of the things uh, I just
0: like you to talk to about it cuz one of the things that affected you I think apparently for a lifetime was your experience as a ranger. It created uh, bonds obviously with all the people that you served with, but it also created bonds for a lifetime. Of service to others, I think, and just you know, so that experience of making that choice to join uh, the Rangers, and then how that kind of rippled effect throughout your life and continues to ripple uh, into the future. Yeah, you know,
1: you know, it's it, funny when you, you mentioned that because it's um, guys that I served with back when I just went in, I mean, it's I'm still pals with, I'm still friends with, it's still in communication with, uh, not everyone, but a high degree of them. And uh, my friend, Joe Pulizzi, who has served in the Ranger battalion with great guy, great guy. He and I stay, stay in contact. And uh, Ron Britton, who uh, he was one of the guys who I actually went in on the train to Trenton, New Jersey, go to Fort Dix, New Jersey for basic training. He and I, and another fellow named Wayne DeGroote, we were all going to the Ranger battalion. And uh, it was the most fascinating journey. For, for a young man, I think back, you know, and it's like, wow. And Ron Britton had just uh, sent me a message recently uh, about uh, telling me how proud he was of me. You know, I you know this is a guy that went from the Ranger Battalion into Special Forces, spent 30 years in the military. And he was saying he was proud of me and what I've done. And I'm like, man, I, I'm proud of you for your 30 years service and, and Special Forces and fighting the good fight all those years. You know, I got out and became an actor, you know, but you you're out there doing it, doing that, doing the heavy lifting. But for him, he goes, you know what? You you served and then you got out and then you became an actor and you he goes, and you're a good actor. He goes, I watch you in these things and and I think you're you're damn good. He goes, so he goes, I'm proud of you for doing that. So for for me, it's like, well, you know, that that that's that's worth that's worth everything right there. to hear my pals and guys I've served with. And I get so many messages from former Ranger pals and people that. Some of them I didn't even know, but who've seen stuff I've done and you know have reached out and told me. And so it's it's you know if I if I can uh, inspire those people to, for whatever reason, however, then I'm 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 grateful for that. I'm grateful for for them uh, to be able to uh, you know to enjoy the work that I do. But it's like again the you know living courageously in terms of this industry, it's. Even though it's not easy, we continue to go forward and we continue to I I always say I want to help other people. I want to help other people to become the best that they can be. So uh, Gallant Few is great because Gallant Few has a mentorship program, basically. And basically, it's always as does VME, Veterans in Military Entertainment. But there I get lots of messages where people say, hey, I want Mr. Abel. I want to be just out of the military and I want to be an actor. What can I do? Or I want to be a writer. How can I help? And so if anything I can give them can help fuel their fire, help them have an easier path than I had to be a success in this industry, then I, I want to give that to them. I want them to succeed. I want to see them, you know, you know, become that, that, that star or whatever it is that they want in this industry. You know uh, it's, cause it's, listen, it's not like being in the military, but it's not an easy industry. It's a lot of rejection. And it's a lot of, you know, you got the, the show business aspect is what is what's predominant. As we said earlier, when you're on set, when you're working, that's the gravy, that's the gold, that's the fun stuff. That's, that's where our passion lies. But in this industry, the show business aspect is all those things that we have to do to get that job. That's right. Listen, I, feel, I never felt more fortunate in my life when I was doing Soldier of Fortune because I had for two seasons, I was getting paid great money. And I got to, you know, I got, I worked like a half a year and I had another half a year off to do other movies and other projects. But it was like the most wonderful experience because you're being paid to do what you love. And now I have the time to be able to Do all those things that I need to do, whether it's stay physically fit, read the read, read the books about uh, that, that, that uh, I I needed on my reading list to play Benny Ray Riddle, you know, to all these sniper books that I had that I wanted to read and and feed my mind with and all about weapons books and all about, you know, Marines. And so all those things that me as an actor, I want to fill myself with to be a better actor, a better character. That's what it gave me the time to do. But we have to find that same time even when in the, in the lean times. And that's where I think, you know, you got to be able to suck it up and drive on and not quit. Cause I always said it once I decide, once I feel no more joy for what I do, I'll do something different, but it hasn't changed. You know, I still love, I, I'll give you a, a, good example is in the pandemic. This was uh, just only about six months ago, a friend of mine, director, uh, and great animationist. Uh, he, um, is doing a movie called The New Mana. And um, it's about the Eucharist miracles. And it's one of these, it's like The Chosen. It's all this crowdfunding. They're raising the money to do it. And he calls me. And he's he's Italian. He's like, team, team, uh, I got a favor to ask you. Uh, I need you to play Moses for me. And I'm, I was like, on Moses? Huh. Me, you mean Moses? He goes, you, you, do you still have the beard? I go, and I sent him a picture. He goes, oh, yeah, you're going to be a perfect Moses. And I'm like, going, oh, darn Moses. So, so it was one of those things that uh, he felt based on work you've seen I, that I've done, that I'd be a great Moses for him. And I I had all this like doubt. But anyway, my point is, is that that kind of pulled me out of a funk because I'm like, you know, the pandemic stuff's happening. And I go, okay, this gives me a new mission here. Okay, what am I doing? I'm going to be Moses. How can I be the best Moses I possibly can? And I, listen, I went to Methodist Sunday school as a kid, I went to, you know, been to some Catholic masses and things like that because my mom was Catholic, but I'm really not a religious scholar, I don't know that much, I didn't know that much, and it was an education for me, which is one of those things about being an actor, which I love, is that we learn, right, and if I can learn by playing a character, well then that day is, that's that's a good day, so I, what I learned was, it's like, uh, wow, so I'm always, I'm grateful to to my friend Angelo F- Labuti for trusting me and and giving me that uh, that opportunity. But you know those things happen; they come along. And gosh, I mean, it's it's
0: it's it, those are blessings, man. Those are definitely blessings to be able to get to do what you love and get to do go through all that stuff. So that's a yeah. real amazing thing. Tell us, tell the audience a little bit about um, a Gallon Few. You just did something recently for them, besides being on their board. And you just did a project, I think, recently for them to help uh, support them.
1: Yeah. Well, every year they were doing, a. a I, I got on the board in 2012. And that's like one of the first year And I was like the first chairman of the board. It's now grown exponentially and it's, it's kind of blown up into a much bigger thing. I was on the board for 10 years and I just stepped down and I'm still on the, uh, still on the, still uh, advisory board, but I'm not on the, on the main board. And um, so they need new blood in there. And I I want to give them that opportunity by myself stepping down. But every year, Gallant Few had been doing a a charity event, raising money for their coffers called Run Ranger Run. Uh, And it had to do with Corey, who was a ranger that ran from – Fort Benning to Ohio when he was getting out of the military, out of the Rangers, and it was to raise. He was trying to raise money for for an, for an event, and so the event was called Run Ranger Run for many years. It just changed over in the past year and a half or two years to called the the Patriot Challenge, and it just raises money by logging miles and getting people to sponsor you, and in doing so, Gallant Few is able to help. Veterans across the board, from Marines, Coast Guard, Army, Air Force, everybody, to uh, who are transitioning from active duty back to the civilian world, and it's we we think you know when we think about victimhood or think of we have difficult time with what with what we're doing and and whatnot, think about these young men and women that are transitioning from the military back to the civilian world, and some of them with you know. PTSD or wounds or loss of limbs and eyesight, and whatnot, in trying to get back into uh, uh, that world and trying to find, you know, their place. Because in the military, you know, we, we have a place. You know, we know what we're doing. We have a job. We have a mission every day. In the civilian world, you can get lost. And uh, so Gallant few helps those that helps them find mission and purpose again. And that's been something. Obviously, you've done a
0: lot. And then you mentioned earlier too. Now on the the um, Hollywood side, the organization that you're part of that I've done some trainings for great people, uh, VME, veterans in media and entertainment. Yeah. And yeah. You know, they're out of um, American Legion post 43 that I belong to as a son of the Legion. Cause my dad was in the army. Yeah. And so th- it, that's a, a great group that, you know, besides Gallon Few, which is transitioning people from the military into wherever they can go in the civilian life. VME is focused on, uh, uh, helping people in the entertainment industry, veterans to succeed in the entertainment industry, and you're a part of that. And that's also a great organization with some great folks. They um, do they
1: they do such such great work. And uh, like I say, you've done your classes where you've taught about how to be a line producer. What does it mean to be a line producer? All those things. It's uh, the classes from from whether it's animation or writing, and and I I just love how it's it's grown. It's really grown from what it was years ago to. Uh, a very viable organization that's got thousands of young men and women transitioning out of the military. And they have the chapter here in LA. They also have one in New York, but helping people. And again, I get uh, messages from folks that I've been able to mentor somewhat through uh, VME. And you know, it's, for me, it just helps me become a better person and a better actor by me helping them become a better to break into the industry if you will because it's that's the one thing oh it's always about how do you how do you get into this how do you become an actor it's like well you know it's yeah. it's it's there's a lot of different ways into it Now i mean from now to what it was 20 years ago
0: Very it's, different.
1: it's night and day because now you can make all your own content you can do youtube deals you can do vimeos and you could do you could create your own little short films and you could shoot stuff you know on an iPhone. And now, you know, before it used to be you had to have all the cameras and you have to have all the gear and you have to have the crew. I mean, I look at what, what we did with um, uh, Michael Broderick's Fathers and Sons. That was, I, I tell you, Michael just did an outstanding job producing that. So, not, uh, not The acting was awesome. He was great. He was great. But I say the producing aspect of that, him bringing Ryan Curtis, another veteran, uh into Ryan, to, to direct uh, and bringing his crew in who who edited and did sound most of them were all veterans as well bringing in Tyne Strickland who who uh, uh Michael knew from class with John Lacey in John Lacey's class and I just looked at that and I go wow Michael did just such an awesome job he ended up securing the the Barney's beanery you know because it was the middle of the pandemic and they weren't having any indoor clientele so he knew the owner and the owner said, sure, you want to shoot there? Sure. And so Michael was able to parlay all these things and create an outstanding little short. And I look at that and I go, you know, that's that's what taking the bull by the horns is. That's what producing is. You know, believing in the project and he made an outstanding project. And I'm, I'm very grateful that he asked me to be a part of that. So that's the thing that today's, today's um, I always tell young filmmakers, you know, you can make your own content. You can create your own, you can create your own little youtube series if you will you know do five minutes every every couple weeks you create create some content but it's uh it's it's what's the word uh momentum you know you get you get the training know what you're capable of doing and then having that momentum and the drive desire and determination and passion to continue and to make those things because that's what, you know, for me filmmaking is, is making great little projects. And some of the best projects I've been in for myself have been short films. Well, that, you know, that
0: was an excellent one. All all of the performances were great, but just everything about it. Michael did a fantastic job. You obviously did a great job acting in it, but I, I really, you know, that's, and like you said, and he did it during a time when, everybody else was retreating. He went out and, and took advantage of that opportunity to create that uh, excellent short film that had, you know, w- was just great content. He just had some great content. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of what, you know, and that's one of the things I think, um, you know, being part of uh, the community and me uh, being honored to be part of the community at the American Legion at uh, Post 43 at VME to, you know, as a civilian, to be a civilian supporter of all these uh, different efforts, you know, it, it's a, you know, I'm blessed by it because, you know, like when we met, you know, we started out and then we kind of ran into each other in many different places. Yeah. I remember we were on the USS Midway. You interviewed me. I got a picture of that. Yeah. In fact, uh, with um, uh, uh, that, that's coming up. right yeah, that's there. You interviewing yeah. me. There. Yeah. And then and then we participated in other things like this walk with American, yeah. American soldiers. Yep. So, you know, we are paths crossed in so many ways from one uh, point of a uh, contact. And, you know, for me, it's been a blessing to do that and, and to have this community out there. I think in some ways in the time I've been in Hollywood, the veteran community in Hollywood has been the best community. I got to go to the G.I. Film Festival with the flag. Yeah. And I said at the time it was the best film festival I've ever been to because it's the quality of the people. It was yeah. just real people. Yeah. you know? And to me, that's what I enjoy the most is being around real people, not being around uh, less, uh, say more fake people um, in Hollywood. So, um, so that's been, and you've been part of all that, I think in your career. So you've had a chance to work with so many different types of people.
1: Hell, I, I I go back to this again, that you're you're an inspiration to so many folks because of your giving. And I think it's probably from you know your work with Tony Robbins and you're, you're wanting to and, and being part of post 43 and knowing the veterans, but sharing your success story sharing your knowledge to those young filmmakers, actors producers, whatever they might be that's that's invaluable you know and you've touched people's lives in in a way uh to me that's that's what geez living courageously is all about is you're you're helping others to. Live courageously and to create content and to to be the best that they can be in this industry. And that's I, listen. I, I've been a lot of times. I've, I've I've been asked, you know, why do you why do you uh, spend time talking to people that you know can't do anything for you, you know? And I go because they can't do anything for me, you know. I'm not doing it to for to to get a job. I'm doing it to get paid. I'm going to give them three hours of my time, telling them what I know, so hopefully their journey will be easier and that they can be successful. And if that if that three hours of my time helps them, well, God bless them, you know, and, and I'm willing to give that time. So, and a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are, what's in it for me? You know, what, why do I want to talk to that person? Why do I want to read that person's script? You know, whatever, you know, why, you know, and it's like, well, because it's what being a good person's about. It's what sharing and, and helping others to achieve their dreams can be fulfilling to you as well. And to make you, a better person and make you make you achieve things that you never thought you could. You know, it, it, that's so true. And and you never, you know, I, I always
0: say uh, the secret to living is given. And when you, when you give of your time, when you give of that to somebody, you're not doing it to get anything back. You do get back. You know, that's not yeah. why you do it, but you get back things that you don't know where they're going to come from. And, yeah. and maybe it's just that connect. When I was up in Canada, there was a guy, uh, one of the extras was just standing on, on you know, line as an extra. And he just looked interesting to me. So I went over and I shook his hand and said, hey, you know, who are you, man? What's your story? And I like to know people's stories. And this guy grew up in Cambodia during <laughs> Pol Pot. And he escaped from Cambodia. And he is a, a judo expert. He's all these things. And now we become friends for life. All because I just reached out to this yep. guy, shook his hand and said, hey, man, what's your story? You know? Yep. And you you don't realize what you get back by doing that be, be by willing to give, like you said. And I think that's what you've done throughout your life with all the different ways that you've served. And I just think we got to tell people, you know, it's like it's the best thing you can do is to to do that. It really is. It just, yep. you know, if you don't do that, you're 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 sabotaging yourself. You're hurting yourself. You're missing out on, on the good things in life. That's right. To give you are that's
1: right. I, 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 listen, one one thing I wanted to share with you that I share with people because people will often ask me about, um, about acting and whatnot. And what, what, what advice do you give me? You know, well, you know, it's all, you know, the normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Study hard and, you know, trust yourself, all those types of things, read a lot, do plays, but when you're on set, when you're working, I always say, this is where this, that, that, Living courageously within yourself as an actor is trusting your instincts, and what I mean by that is, so many times I remember when I first started acting, I, I thought I had an impulse to do something. And I go, no, no, I can't do that. No, no, I, I, I didn't rehearse that. Or I didn't. I didn't clear that with the other actor or the director, and it, it always bothered me. And I and I, I didn't get to become, I didn't become a good actor until I trusted those instincts enough to just do them. Because nine times out of, a, out of ten, director would go, oh, I like that. that. was great. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on. That was really awesome. Because that's, it's about the surprises, about uh, those things that come up as an actor. And I said, if you don't trust those things, then why are you an actor? You know, if you're just trying to be like every other actor, well, then, you know, there's, they come a dime a dozen. But a director hires you because you're unique. You're you. Be that. Let yourself be unique. Maybe the director will go, "Hey, John, uh, don't do that thing you just did there. Um, I, I kind of liked it, but yeah, I don't think it works." And okay, great. And then you move on. It just didn't work for that, that that time. But trusting yourself, you can come up with so many great things. And that's what I was just telling actors: trust yourself and be courageous in your de- in your decision making. You know, and when you do it, if you do it fully and passionately nine times out of 10, the director is going to go, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, they move on. So, and that's what, that's what will make you, I'll say, that's what can give memorable performances. That's what can make, well, for me, it's, it's what, it's that passion. It's like, wow, I felt, mm, you know, and, and I don't go home thinking, man, why didn't I trust myself? You know, cause you know, that's, that's what being an actor is. I think is, is taking risks. And right. And, and and that's what we
0: were saying earlier and throughout the, the whole show you were you were speaking to, because there's all kinds of courage. There's, you know, the big courage and then there's the small courage and it's the, you know, the courage that in that moment, trusting your instinct. That's yeah. a courageous act. You know, courage isn't always you know putting your life on the line. That's one uh, version of courage and obviously an important one. But then there's other forms of courage and just, you know, on a daily basis, finding that small and big and medium size, all those moments to be courageous, to not be afraid. When you're afraid, step into the fear and do it anyway. Don't yeah. let fear, don't let the fear hold you back. Acknowledge the fear. Yeah, I'm afraid. Or, yeah, that's real. But at the same time, I'm going to step through this fear. I'm not going to let the fear hold me. I'm going to yeah. go through it. I'm going to be the person who, who goes forward, not backwards.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's the thing, too. It's like everything... And I, I go back to this uh, specific, specificity about being an actor. The one thing where most actors fear, you know, a lot of actors have, and listen, I've been there too, I, where I, I, I didn't do my homework. I didn't, I, I wasn't prepared, I'll, I'll say. I thought I could just wing it and I blew it. It's, it's on me. So that courage of being so, so down with your, you know, you get your, your, your ten. 20 pages of dialogue or scenes or whatever. Um, you know, if you don't want to spend the time on it, then don't waste their time because, you know, someone else is going to get the job, go in there, fully prepared balls to the wall, know it backwards and forwards, know who the character is, make those decisions. In the military, always say, you know, indecision kills and same thing within acting, you know, you have to have make a decision about who that character is you're playing and, you know, right or wrong. You can't be willy-nilly. You got to be very concrete about who, who that character is. And when you go in, now now it's all self-tape pretty much. But when you do your self-tape for that audition, you just got to be so, I'll say, <sighs> concrete in your mind of who this character is and what's happening. And don't look back and don't, don't be iffy, you know, and you just do it. And be happy in that moment for that, because I, if I did what I w- if I set out to do in this audition, then that's all that matters. Because if I get the job, or don't get the job, that's that's not my, my, my that's that's not my call. Right. That per- that, that person's going to go. That guy was really good, but he's just doesn't look the part. You know? Right. Right. And and you of, can't
0: or, control yeah. those things. You can yeah. only control what yeah. you bring to the table. Yeah, right? I've
1: had I've had times where, I've, where people go, uh, not for this, but I want you to be in my if I, if I could, I'm going to be directing another episode. Uh, uh, got, uh yeah. Uh, what was it? What was the show? Um, uh, it's an ABC series called line of fire years ago. Anyway, I, I auditioned for Rod Lurie, the director. Uh, I couldn't do that part for first for, cause I had a gig, but I did such a good job. He said, he goes, I have to work with this guy. And so Mary Jo Slater said, Tim, he loves you. And he says, since you can't do this one, He's going to be directing one in two months and he wants you to be in it. So just so you know, you got a job in two months. So I said, Oh, cool. So, you know, that, that was it. But
0: I don't open up that door. Yep.
1: Yeah. It just goes, you know, you just got to go in and, uh, you know, like what Eileen Grubus said again, I go back to that. Be so good that people want to work with you. People can't deny you. So, well, you know,
0: you, you are that guy you are that guy who is so good that you know people want to work with you and you got the right attitudes and everything. So as we come to a close, Tim, what what do you uh, do, what do you want to share? Is there anything you want to tell us that's uh, coming up for you or just any takeaways for people, you know, as we've kind of wrapped. I can't believe it's it's always <laughs> my, biggest, my biggest challenge is like, really? An hour <laughs> over already? Um but you know, so just coming to that point, what would you uh say?
1: Well, I just want to tell everybody that uh, share your knowledge to those people that again that can't do anything for you share share something with people that that could use that that information and would love to hear that that information from you without expecting anything in return you know share what you have and give it on to somebody else you know like pay it paying it forward because mm-hmm. There's so many people in this industry that, you know, it's all about well, what about me? What do I get out of this? As opposed to what can I do to make the world a better place in terms of like, you know, this guy wants to be this guy wants to do what I'm doing. You know, whether it's sound engineering or line producing, directing, or being an actor, I can give this guy something. You know, why not share of your time, give, and uh, help somebody out that uh, that could use that that hand up, uh, and maybe, you know, recommend him for something that can be very very um, so not what's the word uh, that I that I'm not expecting that that person's going to get from me so you know I think that share your knowledge with other people because it comes back and that person again I, I think it's it's just incumbent upon us to uh, you know help help those and for me helping our veterans I think you know it's just one of the best things I've ever done is to be able to tell stories from our veterans uh, of who they were before they joined the military, after they joined the military, them getting by with, you know, ha- ha- some of them uh, that have lost legs. One uh, I'm thinking of a Navy SEAL, Dave, uh, Dan Knosson, and he's he's got a degree from Harvard now. He's in the uh, he's won gold medals in the the, the P- Paralympics, and it's just he's just a, a a monster in terms of you know never giving up and setting the example for others to follow. When we were in Africa with him, Dan Canas and just, I just always blew my mind because in between like doing a morning or a morning hunt in the morning, we come back and he was out there, you know, you know, having a difficult time. Well, we'd come back for lunch and go, where's Dan? Tell him lunch is ready. And then uh, Mike Day, his pal, another Navy SEAL goes, uh, Dan's out for a five mile run because he's getting ready for one of the, uh, for the, for the, for the Marine Corps marathon when we get back to DC. I go, holy crap. Because I know. He's a, he's a monster. He's just a monster. He's just, a, he's just. I, I, again, that is the mindset that, you know, I, I love. And you see people that say, you know what? I will never give up. I will never allow my, me having lost my legs to, to. that means the enemy won. If I'm going to lay back and drink and take my drugs and, you know, rot away, you know, or, or kill myself, you know what? I need to continue on. I need to have that same mindset of never quit, never give up and drive on. And that's that's my message, you know. Can do those things. Drive on. Set the example for others to follow. Like you, you're up every morning at five a.m. doing your workouts. setting an example for others to follow, John. And and I just uh, uh, I appreciate I appreciate you for that, brother.
0: Well, you're very welcome, and thank you so much, uh, Tim. And uh, you know, you've been an inspiration. And in just watching you, you know, that you take that passion, that you take your service in the military, you take serving others, that you take the time to care about people who can't do anything for you. You know, you're an inspiration. And I think, you know, for the audience watching this, I think people need to hear that message of inspiration, that message of service, that message of self being selfless. You don't need it's you're not doing it to get something back. I mean, that's not the purpose of it. You know, it's not always like I'm only it's not a a transaction. I only do this for you if you do this for me. No, that's not the way to live life. That's right. You know, it just isn't. And you don't exemplify it. You exemplify the opposite of that. You do for others. You do for service. And uh, I'm honored and blessed to, to know you and have met you. And I'm just so uh Thank you uh, for coming on the show and sharing all the other stuff and keep, and keep inspiring, man, because we're going to work together. Some <laughs> more. We, got a lot more. It. we got a do, lot more. We got a lot more.
1: I do gotta got to ask it. you what that picture up there on the, on your shelf there with the mustache and the gun. What does that Yes. From? That. Okay. So let me just put it. I in love no, that. Photo. I love that photo. So the
0: audience can see it. So <laughs> that, that was the beginning of my uh, entry into the industry. Uh, Tim, I, I, I started acting back in New York. Um, in theater, uh, you know, when I was younger, obviously. And, you know, the first movie I did was that movie called Bums. And you'll love this story, right? So I played a hired killer. And what the story was, me and my uh, my bad guys, we were t- uh, going around killing homeless people. And this was a long time ago. And this, this guy, his uh, brother was a military veteran who was homeless. So he organized these homeless people together to take us out. So in the movie, they finally chase me down. I'm in a porta potty. They turn, <laughs> over, they turn over the porta potty. I come out covered in in, in shit. And they break my neck and drop me in it. And at the time, I had like three earrings. And the guy, the actor, who grabbed my neck and did it, ripped all three earrings oh. out of my ear. So blood's pouring down my ear. I'm laying in the ground in pain. And the director's like, man, that was great. You just looked like you were really in pain. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, but hey, as long as we got the take, let's go. So that was my, uh, one of my, the beginning of my acting career. And then eventually I came out to LA and then I pivoted. It was a fun movie and I had a blast doing it, man. And uh, then of course I pivoted behind the camera.
1: Wow. And you do a great job, Miller. I
0: tell you. So me, I did get back in front of the camera. I did. Matter of fact, um, one of the guys, veterans, uh, John Mendoza, up at Post Forty Three, he they had a short film festival just recently at uh, the Legion Post Forty Three, and he did a um, a movie, a short movie that was basically the zombies attacking Post Forty Three. So he asked me to uh, act in the movie as a uh, you know a veteran Coast Guard guy, and we're arguing over how we're going to deal with the zombies while the zombies are taking us out. So it was. Uh, <laughs> So it, it was a fun experience. So I may, who knows, I may be coming back to acting. <laughs> Why so we'll not? See. You
1: could bounce back and forth.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, man. Hey man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, for being part of it, man. And, uh, thank you for all you do. And, um, I look forward to working with you in the future.
1: All right, I look forward to it too. And you know what? And, keep getting these great guests because I'm loving your shows, man. Living Well, I got to a bunch to really more, and
0: you know, some of them, I think. And, you know, not, and you keep, you know, when I first started this idea, I had like uh, 40 people. I put a list of 40 people I wanted to interview that I know personally, the list is now up to 75. I'm like, Oh sh- God, I, you know, and I'm, I'm just blessed, truly blessed to know so many great people like yourself and all these other folks that, you know, they've come into my life and we've become family and friends for life. And so I just want to share them because they got great stories and I think they'll inspire people.
1: And you are inspiring people. So, and and your guests are as well. So thank you for what you're doing and thanks for having me on, brother.
0: You got it, man. Have a great one. God bless you. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, uh, that was number eight. uh, Tim Abel, what an amazing, courageous individual. I hope you get a chance to uh, uh, watch all of his uh, show. And here's somebody who served as a warrior in the military as a uh, army ranger, and then went on to be a service warrior serving people through his show, a grateful nation of uh, being on the board of um, gallant few being part of uh, the American Legion and veterans and media entertainment, but also uh, in small ways, exemplifying courage his whole life courage in the military courage uh, as an actor courage at, at, helping other people, just stepping up, stepping up, stepping up and being that kind of person. And I think, you know, we can learn so much from uh, folks like that. I'm honored to know him. And uh, this was uh, uh, one more show and we got uh, some more coming up. I got two more people scheduled for the next two weeks. One is um, Bob Hammer, who is a former FBI agent an author and a consultant in the film industry. And then another, uh, both friends and another uh, friend, Dave Albin, who uh, led Firewalks for Tony Robbins and led his own Firewalks and is a speaker, a motivator, an author, and just an all around uh, inspiring person. That's the next two weeks. And then it just keeps going from there. I got, a, like I told uh, Tim at the end, I got another 60 plus people that I know personally who have incredible stories just like Damn, And some of the people have popped on is uh, somebody here who I'm going to just throw up. Um, um, uh, Ted Shred, who is uh, also somebody I'm going to be bringing on the show. He didn't know that. He just found it out right now. But uh, Ted will be on the show as well. So thank you, everybody. Um, uh, just inspire, you know, uh, encourage you to live courageously. And join me next Sunday at 12 p.m. when we uh, speak with our next guest, Bob Hammer. Have a great weekend. God bless.